Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 21. We're going to be talking about the number one joy sapper and how to stop it in its tracks. Today, I want to begin with just considering that I know that sometimes we long for joy, but it still seems to elude us. And if you listen to my last podcast called A Secret to Easy Joy, and you're taking action on that, then you're already in a great place to start making space for joy to flow in. In fact, last episode, if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back and start there because it's a great foundational place to prepare yourself for joy. Joy is something that happens when we sort of clear away the debris and clear away things that are blocking it from rolling in. There are different things that we can do to choose joy and to to cause joy, but there's other things that we can do to simply, if we get those things out of the way, it's like if we unbolt the door and open it up, then something can come in. And that's a little bit of how we're going to talk about joy today. And in particular, I want to address something that we do all the time, myself included, that prevents us from accessing this joy as it comes in. That number one joy sapper is two words that you have heard before called survival mode. So I know that that's a familiar phrase for people, survival mode. We've heard that a lot. And it's pretty popular in today's culture to hear that it's important to, you know, uh, thrive instead of just survive. But I want to talk about some characteristics of survival mode, because I think in our heads, we all have this one idea of what survival mode looks like. And there's ways that we kind of disqualify ourselves from that particular label, if you will, in an effort like it survival mode can have the connotation of my life is miserable. I don't like it. There's things that I'm doing that, you know, I just am desperate to be done with. But a lot of times that isn't the only way that we're in survival mode. Sometimes survival mode comes in little ways that we don't necessarily even realize that that's what they're doing. That's what we're doing. And I am speaking to myself here in this episode just as much as I'm talking to you. Okay, so let's define some of these characteristics of survival mode that maybe you have or maybe you haven't considered that these are components of being in survival mode. The first one is thinking about myself and focusing on me, 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 me. A lot of times it's easy to see that when it's somebody else doing it, but 
the areas that I notice that I can fall into that is when I'm analyzing things like why things are going wrong and it's my fault or why I am probably having to pay for like I'm paying because I disciplined my children wrong five years ago and now I'm paying for it. And that's about me. And um, I'm having to pay because, and I'm, you know, we just get focused on us and how our problems are a result of us or how we should be the way to make it differently, but we haven't figured that out or how we need the circumstance to be different. Just a lot of self-focus. That is one of the defining characteristics of survival mode because a lot of times our our solutions are outside of us. God has an idea. There's others in our lives that if we ask for help and speak into that, and there we allow them to speak into our life, then that gets us out of that survival mode. So first of all, thinking about myself. The second thing is focusing on what I lack. And I've done this with my house and with my kids. I can get focused on things like, oh, the dryer is weird and I need a new one. And the van is about to go. There's so much rust. I just hope we can replace it before we, you know, fall down on the road. And the gutters are clogged and we just redid them. And uh, we just we just cleaned them out and now they're all messy again. And we never have enough money to do all of the things in the house and I work so hard and it still has so far to go. And no matter how much money I spend, things keep breaking. And we can, have you, can you, can you relate to this situation in housekeeping and house maintenance and stuff? It's easy to get in this habit of focusing on what we lack. And that's a characteristic of living in survival mode. We can do it with our family too. Like, the, cl- the kids are failing seven classes or they're sick and so I can't even get to them to school or I can't seem to help them enough with the work that needs to be done or they're falling behind or I'm homeschooling them and I haven't been able to be consistent and so they're not learning what they need to learn and, and how are we ever going to get to the place where they are functional adults if I can't be consistent in teaching them math facts or there's these little patterns that we get into of focusing on the lack. Right along with that is tallying the expectations that haven't happened yet. So when we when we make a goal and we don't quite reach it, we can get into this habit of pretty much just focusing on what we're missing and what we haven't arrived at yet. Things like, I thought I'd be further along in my business. I thought I'd weigh less by now. I thought I would have figured out this nutritional issue. I thought I would be stronger. I thought I would be consistent in exercise by now. I um, I thought I would like eating salad even though I'm cold <laughs> by now. I thought I would have been able to fix that in my own mind. I thought I would be more consistent in my devotions by now. All of these expectations we think, I'm going to start this program or I am going to have this goal or I'm going to jump out there and take this risk. And then when it doesn't happen the way we envisioned in the time we envisioned, we focus on how it hasn't happened yet. And so then therefore there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with somebody else. There's something wrong with, with the goal. There's something wrong with my relationship with God because maybe he's not hearing me. That is a characteristic of survival mode. 
We're just trying to desperately figure out how to get to the next thing. And it actually is counterproductive to getting there. Um, another way that another characteristic of survival mode is trying to logic our way out of feeling in survival mode by analyzing what isn't working. And if you have ever been on kind of a loop in your own mind of analyzing things, you'll understand exactly what I mean and how ineffective it is for us to just keep saying things over and over again, like, I can't lose weight because I can't eat the things that are healthy for me because I can't afford it. And the reason I can't afford it is because I'm paying medical bills. And the reason I'm paying medical bills is because I can't um, lose weight. And so if I lose weight, then I could do that. But I can't do that because I can't afford the food and I can't afford to like, and we get on these little loops of trying to figure out what the problem is when when it really actually just keeps us in that same little circular pattern right in the middle of survival mode. And then believing there, there are no other options available than the one thing. So this is another one that I have to watch out for myself in that I'll get an idea and I'll think, okay, I've got the solution. And it's almost as if I'm a person sta- stranded on a desert island and I figure I found a little piece of paper and I found a bottle and the answer is write the message, put it in the bottle, chuck it out to see. This is my magic ticket off this island. But if I'm not careful, I can put so much hope in that one answer that it's like, the person standing on the deserted island and doing nothing but standing and staring at the sea and hoping that the ship comes and every day looking and be like, the ship isn't here yet. I don't know what else to do with myself. The next day, well, I threw that bottle out to sea. The ship isn't here yet. Look, the ship hasn't come in. Oh, I'm not going to get saved. It's not actually going to happen. I... I'm just trusting the Lord that that's really going to happen. And and all along, we're starving to death, you know, not actually able to, you know, to, to move the analogy along. Like, wouldn't it be so much wiser if you chuck the bottle out there, build a bonfire on the beach, go in the woods and find some coconuts that you can eat and drink from, you know, explore. Maybe there's the materials for you to build a raft or things like that. It would, it makes so much sense to put hope and trust in one thing, but not that, but that not be the only thing. And so it's, that's a piece of survival mode. I'm convinced that the only way that I can survive is if this one thing happens. If this magic pill works, then I'll be fine. We do this in so many areas that that we probably don't recognize sometimes. So I'll give some examples. Things like, well, as soon as I connect with that person, then my relationship will be okay. As soon as the holidays get here, then I can relax. As soon as the holidays are over, then I can really focus on this, that, or the other. As soon as we pay off that bill, then we'll be in a place where we can be financially savvy. As soon as we get out of the terrible twos, then I can finally take a break from going crazy as a parent, or I can finally have the energy and time to be consistent in my discipline. 
And if you aren't there already, the next thing you find yourself saying is, if we can just get out of the terrible 12s, and if we can just get out of the terrible 16s, and if we can just get past them having this baby in their family, and if we can just get past the grandchildren being three years old, there's a pattern here. It's a habit. It's a way of life. We we begin to live in survival mode as a way of life. And this concept saps the joy out of us every single time because it's focused on what we don't have. It's focused on what isn't working. It's focused on what has to happen in the future for us to really be happy today. In that mode, we forget that God is in control and ultimately responsible for the adult, for the results. We it's our job to participate with him. It's our job to obey, but he's the one responsible. We forget that we've been given everything we need and many things that we want. We forget that he's still in the business of answering prayer. And just because one prayer isn't, one answer isn't turning out like we anticipate doesn't mean that he quit his job. I think about one time not too long ago where I was praying about some financial needs and another situation came up where I was looking for an answer from the Lord. And basically I I was planning a speaking topic and I wasn't sure what the topic should be. And I was praying for God to reveal the topic to me that he wanted me to, to talk about. So I've been praying for these financial needs. God hasn't really given us a clear vision of how that's going to be met. And, but in the middle of that, he just dropped this speaking topic right into my heart. And so it was a good reminder to me that he was still in the business of answering prayer. Even though I haven't seen the answer to the other prayer, I shut my mouth and quit complaining about the the lack of answer because he had just shown up. He's just confirming that, yes, yes, I am here. Yes, I am listening. I do hear you. I am answering. You can trust me. So it's a good reminder to me, too, that there are places where he is answering prayers. There are places in our life where he's showing up. And a lot of times we we like to camouflage them and not really look at those answers when we're desperate to see answers in other areas. That's one thing we forget. We forget to bring that bringing glory to God in being a witness to other people is why we are on this planet. It's in our DNA to connect with him and his people. And if we aren't feeling great, it's because we've lost our sense of purpose. We forget that that there is life and joy in collaborating with others, in connecting with others, in loving. There's a satisfaction that comes from generously sharing with others. It's beautiful. But if we live in survival mode for too long, we can just get in a habit and stay there and stay there. And actually what happens is it becomes so familiar that choosing anything else, choosing joy, choosing to experience this feeling of trusting God for the results and 
believing that he's answering, it feels like a loss of control and it can feel scary. It can feel unsafe. It can feel unusual. And so even though it's the direction that we want to head, because it feels so uncomfortable, we clamp right back down and go back to survival mode. And it's like we slam the door on joy and lock it back so that it can't get back in because, whoa, having that door open is really nerve wracking. So because I know that those are some of the feelings that we get when we're trying to get out of survival mode, if we have made it a habit in any areas of our life, there's good questions that I ask when I notice myself dropping into this that I think will help you as well. All of them relate to lifting your eyes up, getting your eyes off of, I think I might drown, and on to not not anything to do with me, but on to God and on to the others around me. And asking questions, things like, who can I serve today? You know, one time my family was being really cranky and we had been doing a lot of necessary work, but we were just all really self-focused about what needed to get done. And we just stopped. We made some meals for somebody else who needed them. We took them the food, just a chance to, hey, Don't forget that even though we're working through a lot of hard things right now, we are still incredibly blessed by God. And it is not too big for us to stop and focus on somebody else for a minute. That's so valuable and it brings so much joy and just a reminder of how good God is to us. Asking who else can I love? Who else out there feels like an outsider? I love one of my kids came to me the other day and said something like, Mom, I was feeling like I didn't really belong. And so I went and I found a bunch of other people that they also said they don't feel like they belong. And now we have a group. And one of them told me the other day that they're so excited that we all have friends now. And we never would have if we hadn't created this group of people that feel like they don't belong. There's nothing wrong with any of those people. But we can kind of get this self-focus of nobody's paying attention to me. Nobody's coming to talk to me. Nobody calls me. Nobody asks me to do the thing. They ask all these other people to do stuff, but not me. We get in this self-focus of me, 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 and realize that and forget to realize that we can experience joy in community by taking that feeling of feeling like I'm left out. And going and looking for another person that might feel that way and being their friend and choosing to connect with them and building community and relationships with somebody else who might feel the same way. And then we both end up experiencing the love of Jesus and the connection with with each other. You can also ask the question, how can I help? And I love this one because so often when I ask this question in my mind, things come up that I don't ordinarily expect. Like if I'm, if I've had a rough day and I'm being sort of grouchy and I'm kind of in survival mode myself, I'm thinking about how miserable I am. And I ask, how can I help? It is not unusual for me to have the answer come to mind. You can like separate yourself from the family while you're being a grouchy pants. You could go to bed early so that you could be easy to get along with tomorrow. 
um, often taking care of me is one of those things that comes up that actually is helpful to the other people. And sometimes when I'm especially grouchy, everybody breathes the sigh of relief when mom finally goes and does the things she's needed to do for hours. And I know some of you other moms out there can relate to this. But other times it's things like, hmm, how could I help? Oh, I could wash the dishes. How could I help? Oh, I could tidy up the living room right before Brandon comes home from work so that it's peaceful when he gets home and allows him to be able to rest. I could do the things that I know I need to be doing, the the typical chores and things like that. By And as a result, the way it helps isn't just doing the chore, but it's also building an example of consistency to my family in the process. And as we do those things, as we build the consistency, as we help others, as we serve others, get our eyes off of our own needs and on to Jesus and the people around us that we can love well, a lot of times it's just the same as if you open that door and the joy can come rolling in. So there's lots of ways you can ask these questions, things like, where do I see God at work and how I can, how can I contribute? Who has been served by me in the past? Where am I not remembering just how much I have been able to help people before? Where is evidence that love is present? If, I, if I'm longing to feel valuable and of value, often God sends me somebody that needs my help. If I'm not careful and I'm staying in survival mode, I'll look at that person and the help that they need as an inconvenience even though I just asked for a way to help me feel valuable. And there's nothing that feels more of value than knowing you're meeting a need for somebody else, for another organization. Working together with God brings so much value, but it takes stepping out of that survival mode and recognizing that we can focus on somebody else besides ourselves and that God is still going to meet our needs in the process. Other questions are like, where has God answered before? Where is evidence of his love? How is he showing up in my life? All these kinds of amazing questions that we can ask that keep that door open, so to speak, for joy to roll in. So I'd love for you to consider at the end of this episode, just consider which characteristic of survival mode stands out to you, which one feels like, oh, yeah, hmm, that's one that I do. Maybe it's the focusing on what you lack or thinking about yourself, or maybe it's the tallying up expectations or just trying to logic your way out of a frustrating circumstance. Or are you waiting for your magic pill or your message in a bottle to rescue you and, and you're frustrated? Which one resonates with you most? And then what are those things that you can remember in your life? Just pick one, start with one and notice how just focusing on how God is in control and is responsible for the results or how he's still in the business of answering prayer or how choosing to focus on someone else's needs other than ourselves can actually bring life and joy and peace and contentment. Just pick one. What one action are you going to take today so that you recognize what that number one joy sapper is and 
which method are you going to choose to to stop it dead in its tracks so that you can experience that joy? Thanks so much for sh- for sharing with me today and for listening in. If you found this podcast valuable, I would love it if you would just share it with somebody else that you think might benefit from it. My heart is really to reach each and every person helping helping women all over the place find practical ways to apply the fruit of the spirit to their life. So they really feel this kind of joy evident in your life each and every day. And as always, feel free to drop me a line on fruitpursuitpodcast.com. Or if you're interested in my coaching programs, you can find me at maryaldrichcoaching.com. Feel free to shoot me a message there. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And I'll talk to you next Thursday. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?